Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Credit card debt, medical bills, and department store debt forgiven. National Credit Card Relief would like to give you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions in unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This special program actually wipes clean the portion of your debt that is forgiven from what you owe your creditors. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. The more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least $10,000 or more in credit card bills, this debt forgiveness program can be very effective. Call for free information and find out more now. 800-546-2909. There is no cost or obligation for the information. Don't wait. Call 800-546-2909. That's 800-546-2909. Get your debt problem solved. Call 800-546-2909 today. For more local radio every day, tune into KCAA Loma Linda. KCAA Radio now joins the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas, with Pastor David McNary. We often do look for God to bless us and God to do for us in the ways that we would like for Him to bless us and do for us, but He often chooses another way. And I've discovered in my 40 some odd years, some odd years, that his way is the best way. Brother Terry kind of gave a little sermon a while ago that he could give an invitation about, uh, right after he was, he was talking about difficult questions. Whenever we have difficult questions, you know, we want the answers to a lot of different things. And, and sometimes the best answer is we'll just wait until we get to heaven and we'll ask when we get there. Uh, I, I agree with Brother David. I think when we get there, it's not going to matter. But I do, uh, I did hear Dr. G. Thomas Sharp say something one time, somewhat casually, said, when we get to heaven, I think the first thing that we're going to realize is that we didn't have as much to do with things as we thought we did. And I like that. I like that. We can try and we can try and we can try. And again, in my 40 some odd years of experience, we can mess it up. God knows best. And I just, and just to start things off with, I, I, I want to share something that's going on this week, that's, that's happened this week. It, it, God is good all the time. There you go. And all the time, God is good. I, we, Josh Hammond and I, and I learned how to spell his name too for the first time. That was cool. Uh, went to, we flew down to Laredo. J- Jim Hill was, was, uh, gracious enough to let us get in his airplane and take off with it. Josh kind of understood the gravity of the situation a little more than I did. I was having fun. And we got to fly to, uh, we, we flew down to Laredo to look at a mission trip, a mission opportunity for the youth 
uh, this summer. And uh, we flew down on Monday. We was gonna, our plan was to fly back on Tuesday. And, and we, couldn't, we couldn't fly out. I'm, I'm a VFR pilot. It's visual flight rules. Clouds get too low. You don't fly. Uh, so whenever you uh, go somewhere VFR, you may want to plan to be there for a while or find alternate transportation, which is what we did. But God is good all the time. So we had to rent a car to come back, and we drove back Tuesday. The missionary that we went down there to visit rented a car for two days to carry us around and to show us around the city uh, while we were there. And so we were, we were looking back. The, the weather's not looking good. Uh, we're, we're having to try to find, you know, fly back, ride a bus back, whatever, rent a car, uh, walk back, whatever. We, we, we were looking at different things to do. Well, the missionary said, hey, you know what? I've got a free day coupon. If you rent a car for two days, you get a day free. So we drove back in a rental car that cost us $1.83. God's good all the time, right? Now, if you don't remember, the airplane is still in Laredo. <laughs> Jim uh, asked me yesterday, he said, so what is a contingency plan? <laughs> Let me tell you what the contingency plan is. I called a friend of mine who uh, has a, a home-built airplane, flies fast, and it don't use much gas. You say, you're going to get into a home-built airplane? Let me ask you, you get into a car, you have no idea who built that. <laughs> I'm going to be flying with the guy that built this. So he's got it. Um, I asked him, I said, what would you charge me to fly me to, to Laredo so I can pick this airplane up? And he said, you know what? God is good. He said, I've got to go to San Antonio Tuesday. He said, I'll just take you on down there and drop you off. God will provide. And uh, it, it's amazing whenever you just, just can, can, you can sit back and watch God work. Uh, God had a plan for that eight-hour drive on the way back. Um, it was it was an amazing thing to me. I was truly blessed to be able to spend that time with Josh and get to know each other. I, I tell you, it's a sad thing uh, to, that you can go to church with somebody for that long and you really don't know them. You know what? We're brothers and sisters. We we have we have common father. We we, we should uh, be able to fellowship together. Uh, we should be able to come together in unity and to to know get to know each uh, and every uh, each other. Uh, because there's a blessing in each one of you people that blesses other people. Uh, and it's an amazing thing. I just wanted to share that with you. God is good, and He's good all the time. And He's somebody that you can let go. Just let go uh, and trust God. Uh, I'm going to be speaking out of Matthew chapter 16 this morning. Matthew 16. And it's, it's in a, a, a real pivotal... It's a pivotal moment. Christ has just finished up a, a miracle feeding a lot of people with very little food. My wife and I pulled that off for like 18 years. Six kids and not much money. This is a very pivotal time uh, in, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, but it's also more so of a pivotal time uh, in the lives of the, of the disciples. And I, I want to I read to you. Uh, and I've seen this done several times, uh, and it really touches my heart every time that I see it happen. Uh, in the reading of Scripture, and we, this guy did it during the, during the revival, uh, they would have people stand and, and just to, in honor of God's Word and in honor of Christ. I want to ask you if you would do that with me this morning. As we read this passage of Scripture, let's stand uh, as we honor Jesus Christ. And as he took the prophet of Isaiah and read, he stood. And whenever he had handed the, the scroll back, he had a seat and he began to teach. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, 
uh, starting in verse 1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempted, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed, and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O you of little faith, why reason you among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how that, uh, how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? Father, we just thank you, uh, God, for the, the honor and the blessing of being able to, 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 to read the Word of God. And Lord, I pray to God that you'll be with us right now as we, as we go back over the Scripture that we just read. I pray, Lord God, that your Son, Jesus Christ, will be glorified in this. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Now, Jesus had, a, he had an ongoing, uh, not really a battle or not really a war, but just this ongoing problems with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, they, and what was interesting uh, about that was that they were the, the two leading religious groups uh, of the time. Uh, the Sadducees did not believe in spirits, they did not believe in angels, and they did not believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees did. Now, if you'll think about that just for a, a few minutes, that's about as far away from each other on each end of the spectrum that you can get. Uh, we know that there is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, well, the, the third person of the Godhead. We know that. We know uh, that there is a resurrection. For that is our hope. That's our hope. That's what we have in Jesus Christ is the hope of being resurrected uh, from if we don't die from these bodies, um, but if we do, be resurrected from the grave to spend eternity with Him. Uh, so these, these two groups were, were far apart with each other on that. But there's one thing that they had in common. And we see this today uh, more and more as we progress through God's story that he had written out, they were common in their opposition to Christ. And so they hung out together, even though they didn't, they, they didn't agree on, on a lot of the, 
uh, the basics, they, they did stand together in opposition of Christ. And it amazes me, it doesn't matter. You can be uh, Hindu, you can be Buddhist, you can be uh, Muslim, you can be whatever, and you can have all these differences with each other. But you notice how they stand in together in opposition against Jesus Christ? It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's happening in world politics. It's happening in our own country where people of different belief systems can come together and unify under the opposition to Jesus Christ. We live in a scary time. Verse 2, he answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be, found, uh, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Now, how many of you guys have heard about the, the old saying that is uh, common in Navy, red sun at night, sailors delight, red sun in the morning, sailors take warning? Y'all have heard that? You ever wonder where it came from? I don't know that, but yes, that's what I would think. Uh, that, that's what I would think. It would come, but you know what? I've used that oftentimes whenever we were looking at weather, uh, and I remember this passage of Scripture. And it is true that how we have gotten to where we can, we can pretty well uh, predict weather. I think that most of us can do it better than the weather people, but that's my opinion. We, we, can, we can look around us and see uh, that times are getting bad. Uh, the youth, uh, 7th grade through 12th grade, 12 through 18, close, thereabouts, knows that something is not right in this world. They agree with that. Uh, they all agree with one another on that, that there's just something not right. And so we can discern the faces, uh, the, the signs of the times. Um, but you know what? Well, oftentimes, and I know this to be true in my own life, in my history, I've asked God to show me, just show me a sign, prove something to me. And he didn't. And I'm thankful for that. Because just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were asking for a sign in the complete and willful absence of faith. Complete and absence will uh, complete and willful absence of faith is, is, are the ones who seek a sign. Now, over in verse, uh, chapter fifteen and in verse thirty-one, we read, "Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified God in Israel." So we have this list of these miracles that God is doing, and yet they still ask for a sign. I remember being involved in a Bible study some years back. Uh, where this lady was there, and she was there without her husband. Uh, her husband wasn't really interested in, in seeking after Christ. She was. She was in the Bible study, and, and she started talking about uh, these, these, just these weird things that was going on in, in her life and, and uh, how uh, it, God was just reaching in to, to her husband's life and, tr and really trying to get his attention. And, and, she, and she was praying, said, God, just, just show me something. And I'm like, you just give a testimony of these wonderful things that God's doing and you're still looking. But well, you know what? We do that. We do that. Even in the midst of everything that God has done for us this week, sometimes we find ourselves wanting and looking for something else, looking for a sign. It's a wicked and adulterous generation that seeketh after a sign because they seek it in unbelief. And there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. After three days, Christ would rise again, and he would take the gospel to the Gentiles. That was a sign that they were going to be left with. And, and, and it says right at the, at the end of verse 4, and he left them and departed. I had to go and, and look up the, the Greek on that. I'm not a Greek scholar. I do think that the Greek translation is an awesome translation. It's a wonderful translation. It gives it to you a little bit more plain. It says he left them. That means he abandoned them.
he abandoned them and departed. Before Jesus Christ departed the scene, he abandoned them. Now, I just want to tell you this, just kind of as a parenthetical statement, just right here, that the Spirit of God will only dwell with you for so long, and then He's going to leave. There are those of us who keep saying Sunday after Sunday, next week, or maybe next month, or maybe after I accomplish my goals, then I'll respond to the gospel of Christ. But you know what? You can find yourself at the end of, of reaching your goals and not find Christ. Today is a day of salvation. Do not wait. And he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. I am glad to know that his disciples were as forgetful as I am. Going somewhere on a long journey, and they didn't even think about what they were going to eat, uh, I, I kind of like to think that they were so excited about following Christ that they weren't too much worried about it. Uh, but, but they did become worried about it. In verse 6, it says that, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And the, the disciples, they, they reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have taken no bread. Now, and we're going we're, we're gonna to go on here in just a little bit, but there's something about leaven that is really, really dangerous. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I love to bake bread, and I love to do it the old-fashioned way. I don't get a lot of time to do it uh, anymore. I'll get on a kick where we do, and it's good eating, and, and the, the pounds are there, and it's great. But the, the, what, we, what you do, you can either buy commercial leaven, or you can use a leaven that you have available at your house already. Uh, and yes, you do have leaven available at your house. Uh, you can leaven a loaf of bread uh, just, just by the, the bacteria and stuff that you have around your house. San Francisco sourdough. Uh, is a unique sourdough and can only be baked in San Francisco the real way uh, because of the the bacteria that it has available there. But we have a bacteria that's common around here. It's lactobacilli, uh, and it's a bacteria that, along with some natural yeast, and that will leaven your bread. Now, what Jesus is saying to his disciples here is he's, be careful of the leaven. Now, there's something interesting about leaven. You can't see it. It will sneak in on your flour and your salt and your water, and it will start to work without you even knowing about it. And Jesus is telling his disciples here, he said, beware of the leaven. He said, take heed and beware. Kind of a double warning, kind of a, a, a double uh, command here. You take heed and beware because this leaven that you can't see will sneak in. And they reasoned among themselves saying, man, we forgot the bread. And he's bringing that up. He's bringing up the bread. Uh, it's because we've taken no bread. And then Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, 
Why reason you among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Do y'all remember how many baskets they took up? Huh? Twelve baskets, right? Which is kind of cool. How many disciples did he have? Twelve. One basket, enough for each one to have a feast. God provides in huge ways. They didn't ask him for that. Neither the seven loaves nor the fourth, uh, seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets you took up? How many baskets did they take up? No. The next time, huh? Seven. Seven baskets. A basket for each day, full of food. Another provision God had given them for one week. How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? God will very graciously and very patiently overlook our forgetfulness and our oversights. He was not getting on to the disciples here because they forgot to bring bread. God was like, look, I can take care of this. I can handle the bread part. But what he chided them for, what he was getting on to them about was their lack of faith. Their lack of faith. This, this point in history, this point in ministry uh, of Jesus Christ and this point of the life of his disciples, it is very important that they start to get a grip on faith. In a world that we live in today where everything has to be practical and everything has to be understood of how it works, we, we do not really in our lives need faith, much less look for it. Because we all have it figured out, right? I thought when we get to heaven, I think the first thing that we're going to realize is that we didn't have as much to do with things as we thought we did. We don't have it figured out, but Jesus Christ has, is telling them, look, it's about faith. You've got to get this faith thing down. It is important that you understand about faith. Yes, you didn't bring bread, but if I can feed 5,000 and I can feed 4,000 and I can leave this much left over, I can take care of you 12, okay? Don't worry about the bread, but what I'm worried about right now is faith. And this that, that uh, is something that Jesus Christ, I believe, is hollering out to us today. And we've got to get back into faith. Yes, it looks weird. Yes, people who practice faith are, are, are out there. Yes, they are, but you know what? That's, they're where God wants them to be. We need to understand faith. We need to get outside of the boat. We need to do some walking. I love that story about the boat, about Peter getting outside the boat and taking the walk. Did he mess it up? He sure did. But you know what? I oftentimes think about the other 11 that sat there and didn't get to experience nothing. The only thing that they had to tell is the failure of one friend. But, Jesus, but Peter has a greater story to tell. Yeah, he messed up, but you know what? He held up for a little bit. He held up for a second. It's faith. And, and the faith that we... I'm going to tell you, the times that we have coming to us, guys, it, it's, it, we're going to need it. We are going to need to exercise faith. You know what? I think there's times coming where we're not going to understand or we're not going to know where our next meal comes from. So when we do sit down to the table and we take a meal, we will be praying for, for, for thanks for our food. We will be thanking for God, God for that. We will be asking God to provide it to the nourishment of our bodies because there's a time coming in this country where we will not know where our next meal is coming from. You know why? Because you're a Christian. The times are coming. We need to be faithful. We need to exercise faith. We don't need to try to have it all figured out. Jesus has it figured out. I can feed 5,000. I can feed 4,000. I can feed you. Don't worry. Follow me. It's kind of funny. Verse 12. Oh, then they understood. How that he bade them be not, uh, how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, 
but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Leavened bread is perfectly okay to eat. Nothing in the Bible that says it's not. The leaven is used for a, for a, a lesson that you can't see leaven. You don't know when it starts to work. And that's what's so dangerous. And in this time today when you have so many people, that little Doogie Hauser, MDIV, down there north of Houston, is a dangerous man. Preaching and teaching some of the most dangerous, heretical stuff that I've ever heard in my life. But you know what? I will run across people every day that talk about how great he is. They talk about how good he is. If they can't come to church here on Sunday morning, they'll turn him on and listen to him. It's dangerous. It sounds good and it looks good, but you can't see it and you don't know exactly when it starts to work. And here's, this, here's another thing, is whenever it gets in there and it starts to leaven, it leavens the whole lump, not part of it. We've got to be careful what we're taught. We've got to be careful uh, what it is that we listen to. And, and uh, another thing that I stand behind Brother David just wholeheartedly with is this one thing. If you, you, you go home today after we get through it and you read for yourself, read the Word of God. Understand the Word of God. Be skillful in using the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, that'll go a long way to building faith. It will go a long way. That every man may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. It'll help you. It will build your faith. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? He asked his disciples, Who are, who are people saying that I am? You know, his disciples were interactive with a lot of people. I, I kind of overlooked that fact sometimes, uh, thinking that his 12 disciples were just kind of in a group. They were protected by Jesus, and they just followed Jesus, and they didn't have any, interac inter any interaction with people outside. But that's not true. They, they were the ones that most everybody went to. Jesus was a great teacher, and, and he carried a, a, a lot of great honor um, with people who weren't religious. That's kind of a cool thing. But, the, but they, would, they would come to his disciples, and they would ask him or ask them things about Jesus. And so they really, they really had this interaction with the people in the, in the country uh, around them as, as they traveled. And Jesus asked them, uh, after they got to a quiet spot, it says Caesarea Philippi, um, Brother Rick, he, he took me in his Sunday school room and showed me the, the map, and Caesarea Philippi is, uh, is up there out of the way, and I can see where they would have some, some quiet time where they could get together, it, which was a, a, another kind of a, a cool point, is whenever you do get to slow down, uh, even in ministry, it, it's time to take your family and to invest in them a little bit. And that's what Jesus did here. He got to be a, got to a quiet spot, and, and he got away from the crowds that he was ministering to, and so he's ministering to his own right here. And he asked him, Who do men say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am. But what, all these people that you're interacting with, who do they say that I am? And their, their answer was in, in verse 14, and they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. It's, it's crazy to look and to see that this group of people who were talking about Jesus Christ, talking about one man, had so many wide and varying opinions of him. They're talking about Jesus, but they have, all have a different opinion about who he is. The same is true today. You can go downtown and you can talk to people about Jesus Christ. Um, a, a, a man that's sitting in here this morning is, is amazing. I was at Brookshire's. This is on more than one occasion. He's not a staff member of a church anywhere, but he loves the Lord, and I've been in there, and I've seen him approaching people and talking to people about their relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and making sure, making sure, well, if they don't know Jesus, 
uh, then he's going to tell them about them. And if they do, if they do confess to know Jesus, then, then he's going to let them know that Jesus was there and, and inquired about them. It's a, an encouraging thing to see this guy at work outside. And, and But you know what? I know uh, he does, and, and myself, whenever we talk to different people, you can talk to people about Jesus, and you can get a different opinion from everybody. Who is Jesus? Well, some said that you're John the Baptist. Herod said that. Herod thought that John the Baptist had come back to life after he cut his head off. Uh, that would make it hard to sleep at night. Some thought it was Elias or Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And see, even though they had all these different different uh, opinions of, of who Jesus was, uh, they, they were really honoring him. Uh, you know, the Jews had this, had this affinity for, for history and for all of the prophets, and they really, they really kind of held them in high esteem. So for them to think that he was a prophet that had come back to life uh, was something honorable. But see, that's, that's just it. That's all that they could describe Jesus to with some blast from the past that, 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 that has come back now. They were looking for something that had already been here and maybe come back instead of the prophet that was going to come in glory. A prophet that was going to come and restore the kingdom, but he came in such a mean appearance that they just couldn't put Jesus Christ with what the Bible had to say about him. They had a hard time. They had different opinions. They, but it was an honorable opinion, and it, 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 it dawned on me that it is possible for men to have good thoughts of Christ and yet not right ones. It is possible... For men to have high opinions of Jesus and yet not high enough. So Jesus asked them, who, who do men say that I am? And they say, maybe they're these, they think that you're some dead guy that's come back or, or, or you're John the Baptist. Jesus didn't respond to what men had to say, but he asked this one question, and it's this question that I want to ask you this morning. Who do you say that Jesus is? But who do you say that he is? Because your answer to that question right there is going to determine who you are and what you do when you leave here today. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? That, that answer that you come up with in your, in your heart this morning is going to be a very important answer. Is he some prophet? Is he some good teacher? The Muslims recognize Jesus Christ. They sure do. They'll admit that he, that he really did live, but he was nothing better, nothing more than Muhammad, an opinion. He was more than just a great teacher. Jesus Christ came in power. He came performing miracles, and he came showing signs. And, and even though he kept doing that, people kept looking for more signs, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't enough for them. But who do you say that Jesus is? There's a, an interesting conversation that, that Jesus had with his, uh, with his disciples. In John chapter 14, he said, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from thenceforth you know him and have seen him. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Show us God. Show us Yahweh. Show us. And it'll be sufficient. And I love verse 9. Have I been so long a time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? It's like God Himself speaks through Jesus Christ, the Son. Speaks through Him, uses Him, speaks to Him. Have I been with you so long and you don't know me? Who do you say Jesus, the Son of God, is? Who do you say? What is your answer? Brother Terry is going to come this morning and lead us in a hymn of invitation. And I want you to answer, ask yourself that question. 
Who do you say that Jesus really is? What is your opinion of him? And does your opinion match what the Word of God has to say about him? Jesus Christ came not just to forgive sin. That was the big part. That was where he had to start. Without the forgiveness of sin, we have no relationship with Jesus Christ, but he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. That doesn't mean more money, bigger cars, and nicer houses. That's not what it means. The Apostle Paul had an abundant life, but he was whipped and thrown in prison and beaten, left for dead, but his life was full. Who do you say that Jesus is this morning? Ask yourself that question, and, and more importantly, answer. Answer that this morning. You are listening to the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas, with Pastor David McNary. I want to talk to you today on the subject, some qualities of faith, some qualities of faith. We're going to be preaching out of Luke chapter 8 today. If you want to turn in your Bibles, Luke chapter 8, we'll deal, deal with the story of Jairus in verses 40 through 56. By way of introduction, as Christians, we believe, for by grace are you saved through faith. We believe that. As Christians, we understand, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So our faith is brought to us through the Word of God. We also know, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. We've been justified by faith, and the result is peace with God. But Jesus asked an interesting question. He said to them in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 26, Why are ye so fearful? Now, who was he talking to? He was talking to his disciples, the one who were, who were with him day after day, the ones who were following him. Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Why is it that your faith is so small? And that's what we want to talk about today is this matter of faith and the qualities of our faith. One has said that your salvation comes not because your faith saves you. And I think it's critical for us to say these words because there's a lot of people that think that, that their faith saves them. Your salvation comes not because your faith saves you, but because it links you with the Savior who saves you, and your believing is really nothing but the link. And that's so true. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I think there's a lot of people today in our society who are confused because they believe that somehow as a result of faith, believing whatever it is, and it may not be in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they think because of faith, they've heard that word before, that they're saved. But folks, your faith only links you to the one who saves you. His name is Jesus Christ, and he died on a cross in payment for your sins. But while it's true that we are saved through faith in the Savior, it's just as true that we must daily live by faith. We have to walk in faith. We have to follow God, as the, as the lady sang just a while ago. 
We have to follow God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to believe in God, believe that He is, that He exists. And then over in, uh, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 58, it talks about our walk with Christ. He says, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And that requires faith. In order for us to, in order for us to live in service to God, in order for us to demonstrate in our lives on a daily basis that we trust God, we have to walk we have to walk by faith. But be sure that when you exercise your faith to walk with God, that your faith does not go unrewarded. God will reward you. He will bless you. He'll provide for you. Now, I want you to look with me, if you will. Luke chapter 8, I'm going to begin reading in verse 40, which is not a paragraph, by the way, not marked as a paragraph in my Bible. Uh, but I want to read there because I think it introduces... Uh, the study today. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. So there was a, a group of people who were waiting to see him and waiting to hear what he had to say. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, who was, uh, uh, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he, that is Jesus, went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? <laughs> When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. I perceive that power has been transmitted or transferred. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people in a public way, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Listen, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe, have faith, Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat or food. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Wow. Don't give me that appointment, okay? Not to tell, not to tell anybody what was done. I'm, I want to tell it. I want to tell it. I want everybody 
to know. Now I want you to notice with me today some qualities of faith. Some qualities of faith. Now this all begins at a place, a place that I call the prayer, the prayer of faith. In those first verses, it talks about the prayer of faith. Here was a man whose pride was sacrificed to his faith in Jesus Christ. He, he, he gave up his pride to come to Jesus. Now, we know that's true because he was from among the Jewish religious leaders uh, who, who had all the answers. There, they did, there wasn't anything that they didn't know, wasn't anything they couldn't take care of. And yet, he has found that they couldn't help him. He found that he was in a great need. Folks, his need was so great that it was bigger than, than he was. It was bigger than anything. It was bigger than anything he believed in. Now, I think this is an important thing for us to think about today because people are believing in a lot of things that are getting you nowhere. Okay? We believe that, that we have to have things in order to make our life worthwhile. Folks, that's not what makes your life worthwhile. Those things that you have are given to you for your use, not for your worship. Somebody say amen, please. His need was so great that nothing he believed in could fix it. He found that his family couldn't fix it. His friends couldn't fix it. His religion couldn't fix it. Don't depend on religion. Believe in Christ. His religion couldn't fix it. His education couldn't fix it, and he was probably very educated. His philosophy couldn't fix it. All right, nail this one down. Money couldn't fix it, and medicine couldn't fix it. There was no place that he could find a fix for his problem. No one had the answer for him. So what Jairus needed was a miracle. And he had heard about a man who was traveling up and down through the countryside who was performing miracles. So he sacrificed his pride, and he went to Jesus. Now, I want you to notice what happened. He went and found Jesus. He, he needed to know where he was. He went and found Jesus, and the first thing the Scripture said he did when he found Jesus was to humble himself before the Lord. The Scripture says that he fell down at his feet. He fell down at his feet. He humbled himself before the Lord. Now, that was a hard thing for him to do, and you're going to see why in just a minute. The second thing he did was to offer his prayer of faith. It says he besought him. It was as if he fell down before him, probably went all the way to the ground like so, and he besought him. He begged him, Lord, please help me. My only daughter is sick at home and she's dying and no one can help her. Nothing can fix it. Please help me. He begged Jesus for his help. And that took a lot of courage. It took a lot of courage because of his position in the Jewish community. Remember, the scripture said he was the ru a ruler of the synagogue. He was very well respected by those of his religious order. Folks, the prayer of faith can only occur... The prayer of faith can only occur when a person realizes that he has no ability on his own to fix his own problems. You have to be at the bottom. You have to be willing to look up, you see. Remember, you can't fix it. Your family can't fix it. Listen, you can't be saved because of your family. Your family can't pray. Your daddy can't pray for, for you and you be saved. 
He can pray for you so that you'll hear the gospel and pray for yourself and accept Christ. Your friends can't fix it. Your religion can't fix it. As I said, it's not about a religion. It's about, it's about Christ. And your education can't fix it. You can be a philosopher of the highest order and that won't fix it. Listen, there's not anything that can fix your problem except Jesus. You have to humble yourself before the only one who can actually fix the problem of sin and death in your life. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that every single one of us in this building today are sinners. We're sinners. We've all sinned, and we all continue to sin. And he also tells us that, that the wages of sin or the payment for sin, that that, that that we earn for that sin, is death. But he says it's, it's, that's what we earn, but what God gives us is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't come to God by your education. You can't buy your way into heaven. Medicine won't get you there. None of those other things, your family, your religion, your philosophy, none of that will get you to heaven. You have to believe, you have to believe, have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> the second thing I want you to notice, not only the prayer of faith, but I want you to notice the patience of faith. Listen, it wasn't long after Jairus had demonstrated in his faith in Jesus, after he had fallen down before him in a public place where everyone could see, wasn't long after that until his, his uh, faith had to grow in patience. In those next verses, we see that Jairus had to quickly learn about patience. Now, granted, he was very anxious over his daughter. He was concerned over the needs of his daughter. He had heard that Jesus could help her. And so he came to Jesus and he said, Come on, Jesus, you got to come to my house. Now, you can imagine if he, if he was allowed to do so, that he grabbed a hold of the hand of Jesus and he said, Come on, Jesus, it's almost too late. Come on, Jesus, I believe, I believe in you that you can help my daughter, but we got to hurry because she's very sick. When I left her a few minutes ago, she was about to die. She was ready to draw her last breath. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come with me. But I want you to notice that he learned a lesson, and that lesson is no matter how long it seems to take, stay with Jesus, <laughs> okay? You're going to be praying sometime for a need that you have, for something that's going on in your life. Stay with Jesus, okay? Don't, don't give up on Him. He had learned that since he had put his faith in the Lord, that he, he must allow Jesus to be in complete control. That's what we have a problem with, is allowing the Lord to be in complete control of our lives. Because many times obstacles come in, in the process of having our prayers answered in order to build the patience of our faith. Remember this, the whole created order does not revolve around you. Now, we like to think it does sometimes, and we know some people that really believe that it does, but it doesn't revolve around you. So even though you have humbled yourself and even though you have prayed the prayer of faith, God may turn aside along the way to help somebody else before he gets to the place where you want him to be. He needs to tend to the needs of others 
Also, in this case of Jairus, he didn't run away whenever he saw that that Jesus was actually going to spend some time. I mean, it it doesn't seem like it was a long time. He was he was there in the midst of a crowd, and they were all around him, kind of getting up close to him, and they were maybe wanting to shake his hand or get an autograph or who knows what. But that one woman needed some help also. She was like Jairus. She needed some help. She had tried to find it everywhere else and found no satisfaction. She found no help. She had heard about Jesus just like Jairus had. She believed in him and she came to him. We know she believed in him because Jesus commended her on her faith. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. It's because you believe. And so she came to him. But it was a distraction, see? Jesus had to stop. Oh, Jairus was thinking, come on, Jesus, we got to go. Come on, we need to move on. Come on, we've got to go now. And he turned around and he began to speak to him and trying to figure out who it was. He wanted it to be known. He wanted to be able to speak a word to her. Oh, he knew who she was. But he wanted her to confess in a public way. So Jairus was having to learn about about patience. And he stayed with Jesus. And he was even encouraged. I think he was even encouraged, you know, more because it's possible that he'd only heard about it before, but he actually saw it happen that day, you see. As they traveled along the road, as he was trying to get Jesus to his house, something broke out. You see, something happened, and he was able to see that Jesus really is who he had heard that he is, and he was able, he was able to see a miracle perform. Folks, all believers, all of us must learn that we stay with Jesus. Don't run to another healer. Don't run to another person who says they're a Savior. Don't run away just because it's taken a little time. Be patient and see what God will do. Number three. Number three leads us to the persistence. To the persistence of faith. You see, if there was ever a time for Jairus to doubt, now was the time. Because one came and said, Jairus, it's too late. Jairus, she's gone. <laughs> Jairus, don't trouble the master. Don't, don't, don't bother him. He can't heal her now because she's gone. And I think it's important for us to see what happened then in verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, okay, now, now, he understands uh, the strength of our faith. And, in, and when he heard it, he answered him, Jairus, saying, fear not. He said, okay, look, don't, don't, don't let this take you and, and, and put you out of control. He said, hang on just a minute. Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. Okay, here's a test. Here's a test of his faith. His daughter now, rather than being sick, has died. They have checked her. They checked her vital signs. They know that she's not alive anymore. And they've come to him and told him, look, just forget about it. Don't worry him. Come on home. We got to make plans for a funeral. Folks, if there was ever a time for him to doubt, it was now. But still, Jairus stayed with Jesus. Jesus spoke to him and encouraged him. Folks, he was learning that one of the qualities of a true faith is persistence. Listen, folks, we need to learn how to be persistent, to be persistent in our, 
in our faith. You remember old Job? Remember Job? Job's wife encouraged him to curse God and die. She said things are bad, they're getting worse, and, and you look terrible, you look horrible, you're, you're sick, and, and there, nothing is going right, all our family is gone, just curse God and die. But if you read the book, you discover that while there were some questions in his mind, we see that his faith was of a persistent quality, and in Job 13 he said, Let come on me what will, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He shall be my salvation. Now, folks, we have that reality even in a greater way than Job did because, you see, we have the the reality of knowing that if we're sick, we can be healed one way or the other. I came to the conclusion when my mother was dying of brain cancer that as I prayed for healing, I understood that the only way she would ever be perfectly healed is if she left this world and went to heaven because there is no sickness up there. You'll never, where is she? You'll never have the sniffles, J.C., in heaven. That ought to be a praise of the Lord. <laughs> the way it's been around here lately, it ought to be a praise of the Lord. There won't be any stomach virus, you see. And that's the only way. And I surrendered my mother into the hands of God and said, God, you know best. Do what you do best. And I'll accept it because I believe in you, Lord. Faith must be exercised to grow. And the more it's exercised, the stronger it becomes. And it becomes a quality faith whenever it's lived in persistence. And then number four, I want to talk to you about the products of prayer, patience, and persistence in faith. Verse 54, And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her parents were astonished. And her parents were astonished. Even though Jairus had come to Jesus believing that he could heal her after she had died, he was astonished. He stood in awe. Listen, he stood in awe of God the Son. Listen, folks, we need to somehow or another find out how to stand in awe of the Son of God. Jesus Christ, the one who paid the price for your sins, on the cross. Sometimes our road seems hard and sometimes it seems lonely. We have to trust Jesus. Sometimes your friends leave you or they try to discourage you or they try to drag you into their style of life. You have to believe in Jesus. Sometimes it seems like a long time from the initial prayer to the answer. Maybe you're in the middle there somewhere. Listen, you got to stay with Jesus. You got to keep believing in Jesus. You got to trust Jesus. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus and you got to follow him because his answer will come. May not be exactly the way you prayed it, but you have to trust him because he's the only one who really knows what is best in all situations. Stay with Jesus you'll see miracles performed. Stay with Jesus 
And some of your friends might come to know Him as personal Savior and Lord. Stay with Jesus and you'll be able better to withstand in the times of temptation. So the key to the life of every Christian is faith. The song says, His banner over us is love, our sword, the Word of God. We tread the road the saints above with shouts of triumph trod. By faith, they like a whirlwind's breath swept on or every field. The faith by which they conquered death is still our shining shield. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Folks, you have to begin in faith and you have to live by faith and you have to walk by faith and you have to stay with Jesus by faith and you have to reach the end of your journey and and you do so by living your life in faith to Jesus Christ. George Frederick Handel, the great composer, lost his health. His right side was paralyzed. His money was gone and his creditors seized him and threatened to imprison him. Handel was so disheartened by his tragic experience that he almost despaired for a brief time, but his faith prevailed, and he composed his greatest work, the Hallelujah Chorus. Get that picture, please. A man who is destitute, a man who is sick, a man who is paralyzed on his right side, but a man who was willing to stand up and say, Hallelujah to the Lord. (laughs) Amen. That's what faith is. There is a quality of faith that comes to each and every one of us only as we exercise that faith in our daily walk, keeping our eyes on Jesus every single day. Father, I thank you today that you saved me through faith in the Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you linked me to him and that he has saved me and given me life everlasting. And dear Father, I thank you for brothers and sisters in the Lord who are here today, who are walking their walk in faith. They've given their hearts to Jesus. They've, they've trusted Jesus to save them, and, and they've begun a journey from here to heaven. And Father, we know that you walk with us as we do so. And Father, I thank you for those who are here today who walk daily in faith. But Father, I come to you today with a concern because I realize that in a crowd the size of the one that's here today, it's, it's very possible. In fact, it is very likely that there's someone here who's never exercised faith and trusted Jesus. Oh, they've maybe believed and they've maybe heard and they maybe understand and they've maybe read, but they've never really entered into a relationship where they called upon the name of the Lord, invited Him to become a part of their life, and then followed Him and lived for Him by faith every day. And dear God, I pray for those people. Because, Father, I know that based on what you say in your word, there's no chance for a person to get to heaven. There's no chance for a person to come and to dwell with you, our Heavenly Father, unless they believe in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray today for them. I pray, Lord, that you'll give them the faith to believe right now that they'll believe in Jesus, trust Him, call upon His name, and invite Him to become a part of their lives. Dear Father, give them courage today to take their stand, just like Jairus did when he fell down before Jesus 
in that throng of people. Help us today to take that stand, to stand up, stand up for Jesus, and to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Now, Father, I pray you'll speak to hearts today. Give courage where it's needed and faith where it's needed. Help believers to recommit unto the Lord, unto the cause of Christ, and help those who are unbelieving to believe today to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And I'll praise you now. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to invite you to stand with us. Brother Terry, what's our song? 591. Number 591. As God may have spoken to your heart today, my prayer is that you might truly have faith. Remember, faith is the link. It links you to the Savior. The Savior is Jesus. He's the one and only Savior. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ in a personal relationship, you're invited. Not just me. God invites you to come to Him today to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. And if you are willing to do that today, I invite you to come to this altar. Come make your stand for Jesus Christ. As we begin to sing on the first verse of the song, if you need to come, if God's spoken to your heart, whatever he's telling you to do, come on, please, right now. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas, with Pastor David McNary. A podcast of the service is available on demand at the KCAA website at www.kcaaradio.com. To listen to the service at any time, go to the KCAA Sunday schedule and click the podcast link under the image of Pastor McNary. The Pruitt Baptist Church is located at 9908 State Highway 110 in Van, Texas. The Sunday worship schedule includes Bible study at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., and evening worship at 6 p.m. For more information about the Pruitt Baptist Church, visit their website at www.pruittbaptistchurch.com or call 903-963-7473. The station that leaves no listener behind. This is 1050 a.m. Serving Riverside, San Bernardino. KCAA, Loma Linda. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Interested in top brand office furniture at a fraction of the price? Consider buying pre-owned office furniture from Arnold's Office Furniture. Arnold's has an extensive inventory of cubicles, workstations, desks, chairs, and much more. And at Arnold's, we'll with you every step of the way, providing refurbishing services, low-cost delivery, and expert installation. becoming mostly sunny and a high 80. Sunday night, mostly clear skies, low 55. That's your weather forecast for this hour. From the station that leaves no listener behind, NBC News Radio, AM 1050, KCAA. Here's a look at the KCAA community calendar. I'm Di Rice. It's the George Brown Legacy Project, and you're invited to be a part. Help support the archives of the late great congressmen that were established at UCR. George Brown was a pioneer and a trailblazer who served in Congress from 1973 to 1999 when he passed. Brown fought for the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. He established the Environmental Protection Agency in 1970, and he was instrumental in creating a bill that became the NASA Authorization Act of 2005. 
The NASA Authorization Act supports research, development, and space exploration, Brown's passion. The George Brown Springtime Reception will be held Saturday, May 9th from 3 until 5 with special guest Congressman Pete Aguilar. For ticket information, please call 323-669-9999. That's a look at the community calendar on KCAA 1050 AM. Like to spend a few days in another world? Then write this down. Golden Bear Cottages, Big Bear Lake. Now, listen, this is not some corporate-owned operation. It's family-owned and operated by some real nice people. Unique? Oh, you bet. Golden Bear Cottages features 28 one-of-a-kind cabins on a five-acre historic site. Great for families, couples, and groups. And cabins are available with one to seven bedrooms. Golden Bear Cottages is just a stone throw from Big Bear Lake and super close to three great ski areas. Now, I could go on all day about Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear, but to see everything, just go to goldenbear.net. Again, goldenbear.net. Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear. Clean, comfortable, and affordable. Check them out. Goldenbear.net. Do you have a broken window or rock chip on your vehicle that needs repair? Give us a call at HM Autoglass, 951-858-5190. HM Autoglass is your locally owned and operated autoglass specialist, offering low-cost and high-quality autoglass repair and replacement. We also work with all major insurance companies and offer free mobile service. So call us, 951-858-5190. That number again is 951-858-5190. Are you particular about the vitamins and supplements you take? Have you found that the big chain stores simply don't have what you need? Then you should know about the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. You'll find rock-bottom prices on gourmet, top-quality vitamins and mineral supplements at the Vitamin Center. Get 30% off on all supplements and homeopathic products. All, not just selected merchandise. In addition, you'll find 30% off on all cosmetics, soaps, shampoos, toothpaste, makeup, hair coloring, and lip gloss. And all tea products are discounted 20%. Why go anywhere else? See for yourself at the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills, 5007 Canaan Road in Agora Hills. Or check out the savings and place your order online, vitamincenteragorahills.com. Start saving by getting what you need from the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. And tell a friend that the Vitamin Center ships nationwide. Call 818-707-0005. That's 818-707-0005. The Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. It gets real. It's live. It's really live. Local and in motion. Every day on KCAA. The Inland Empire's only live local motion talk. KCAA 1050 AM and KCAA Iniciamos. Y se abren los micrófonos de KCAA 1050 en el dial de tu radio para que a través de sus ondas de amplitud modulada y a través de esta vía de comunicación el mensaje de Dios sea escuchado.